This episode may contain content of a graphic nature. Listener discretion is advised. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of Body to Burial. I'm Mariah. And I'm Nikki. We're just two regular true crime junkies who decided it was time to see crime from a new perspective. This is Body to Burial. Speeding. We're speeding. What does that mean? I guess that means you're rolling. That's you're what like Will always says. He says speeding. Speeding. Yeah. That's weird. I like rolling yeah. better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They always say we're speeding. Camera one speeding. Okay. So who do we got today? All right. I'm really excited about this one because I really feel like this could be a job I would actually do. Okay. And the job is an autopsy technician. Oh. I really <laughs> think I could do it though. Like, okay, here's my main thought, right? Which is you can't really cause any catastrophic harm. You're Yeah, but I think you would like mentally dead. you mentally might though. Like, you know what I mean? Like where even yeah, like if you a, know it is. Yeah, I guess that's just like different though. And I guess I look at it through the lens of like all the science. Like think about mm. how cool it would be to like see the brain and like mm. the organs and like I don't know. I just like that part of it is like super <laughs> rad to me. Although in the back of my head I am a little worried about the smell of it all. I can just do a pick, no problem. I'm all right with the picture. Ugh. I don't know if I'm hands on. I feel like I could be. I feel like I like I could do it. Maybe. Okay. I'm worried about the smell because I am very like smell sensitive. Well, the sounds would freak like a crack, like a like bone cutting through I don't think the that sounds. Me. I feel like um, it's a good way to get out some aggression. Like <laughs> crack this open. No. Uh I think I could be a a visual. In a picture and maybe <sighs> on a video of me not personally doing it where your hands feel it. No, I'm a texture <sighs> person. I can't even have like crunchy onions in a soft burrito because the crunch stresses <laughs> me out. <laughs> no, I'm being fully serious. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I don't like when they're soft and then a crunch. And I would feel like I would be the same. There's a lot of textures. There's yeah. a lot of textures. The textures, like if it was all smooth, then I would be no. fine. But then you're going to get like stringy and then snippy. No. Mm-mm. No. And then you got to think about like, because my mind flashes back to our conversation with one. You've got a body exposed to elements. Then you've got like, what they, what did he call it? Skin slippage. Mm. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, Miss Jessica, who we're talking to today, she's going to tell us all about all these different work. What okay, would you call it? I'm work excited. Environments, work mm. situations. I don't know. Okay, I'm in for it. I just don't think that's my jam. But I'll have to let you know if I change my mind because okay. I literally, no joke, looked into going to school for this not too long ago because I was like. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. I like it. And I ordered all these books on like autopsies and like whatever. So 
I feel like part of me thinks I could do it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to call her. Let's let's okay. get her to answer some of these questions because now I'm like, maybe I'm going to eat crow and decide I can't do this job. So let's see. Hello. Hey, Jessica. Yes. Hi, hey. Mariah. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. Awesome. I love it. Well, Jessica, I'm not going to lie. I'm very excited to talk to you because I was telling Nikki before you joined us that I actually looked into being an autopsy tech not too long ago because I'm super fascinated by your job. So I cannot tell you how excited I am to like get to ask you all my questions. So thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us. Sure. Um, yeah, and please thank you. spare no details. Nikki and I are not squeamish. So go wherever you want to go. We are on this adventure with you, 100% invested. But I guess my first question is, how did you get into being an autopsy tech? I mean, how did you, because like I always think about like little kids, right? Like that's not something that you know is a job. So how did you like first like learn about it and how did you become interested in it? And like, Why? Um, so, uh, I grew up watching X-Files and I was like obsessed with Agent Scully because not only was she a field agent, but she was also a pathologist. So I thought that's what I was going to do. Like my goal was to become a forensic pathologist and become a medical examiner. And so I was in undergraduate school on track to, you know, go to medical school. And then I had a financial hardship. So I had to withdraw from school. And so my one of my older cousins, he was a homicide detective back in the day, and his former partner ended up was the police liaison for our medical examiner's office. So he actually got me an internship in the office, and then they asked me to apply for my job. Wow. And I've been okay. there since 2013 is when I got officially hired, August of 2013. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it just kind of like almost fell into place. Yes. Did you have to finish school for that? Or is it a job that you don't finish school? Actually, like, do you um, need in ed- our office, you just need a high school diploma. So you don't need um, either oh, really? an associate's degree in mortuary or a bachelor's. I mean, some people have mortuary degrees and some people have finished their bachelor's and even their master's, but you just need a high school diploma in my office. Okay. So, and, that, and that changes state to state, right? Yeah. It's kind of everything is kind of to the... state to state based because in my office, we do everything as a tech. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's wild. So, walk us through. So, how does an autopsy work? Like, where do you start? You show up. Do you like roll the body out of like the freezer? Like, walk us through your day. Okay. So, yeah. So, we have um, rotating shifts. So some people come in at six, some people come in at seven, and some people come in at eight. Usually the people that come in at six will, um, we have what's called a conference sheet. And so it's a list of the cases being done that day and what kind of cases they are. So whether it's a potential drug case or a trauma case, whether it be an MVC, which is a motor vehicle collision or motorcycle accident, as well as whether it's like a homicide, possible like uh cutting wounds or a shooting. Um, so we'll, they'll, you get the list. It'll have the name of the decedent and their case number. And so you'll go in the cooler and pull out whoever's on the list for that day. Who determines like who's on the list for the day? Like how does it get ranked in 
terms of like priority. Well, in the be- in the beginning, before we ended up with this backlog, um, it was literally just we would get as we would get all the cases. We would clear a board in a day. So it's just whoever, honestly, in the beginning, okay. it was just whoever was there that hadn't been autopsied yet. Um, and then they gotcha. would just determine okay. how many cases we do, whether we're going to do 15, 20 or whatever. And then like priority. So like, of course, the trauma cases are top priority because like there's evidence okay. and there's other people involved, like crime lab and police and whatnot. Um, so it. yes. So then you go pull out the cases and see you what needs what. So if it's a trauma case, like a potential homicide or a child they would also need an x-ray examination or a CT scan. In my office, we also do the x-rays and the CTs. And then you just wait. Um, morning rounds, the the ME's have morning rounds so they can discuss the cases and decide what cases they'll be doing for the day. They would get started giving a list to the office personnel so they can make the labels as well as starting to do their external examinations. So they're um, marking down what kind of clothing it's, if any, the person's wearing what kind of um, medical therapy. So whether they have like uh, EKG pads or IOs, which are like those um, needles they stick in the bone so they can trans- uh, transmit fluids into your system. Whether any mm-hmm. of those are on the body. Once they document all of those things, the tech would remove the clothing, would remove the medical therapy, and then would clean up the body for photography. Now, why are you guys doing the photography? Is that for a case or is that for every? Well, everyone gets an ID photo. So just in case, like, they might be unknown so the family can identify them or what have you, or just to have for our files. But if they're, um, mm. it is a homicide or if it is a, like, pedestrian or some other kind of case where there are injuries to the body, they want to document those. So they have written documentation as well as photographic documentation that they can refer back to when they're doing their report or if they have to go to court. Okay. So we've completed the external exam. Now what are you doing? Okay. So the external exam is completed. The body has been uh, washed, washed or cleaned for photos. Photos have been taken. So now this would be where you would start doing your evisceration. Um, not all cases get a full autopsy. Uh, if there's religious objection, usually, um, the Muslim faith or the Jewish faith, they would, they wouldn't want the person cut. So we would just, um, draw, draw tox. Withdrawing tox, that involves getting the vitreous, which is the clear fluid from the eyes. Urine, if any is available. Um, usually in an inspect, you wouldn't get bile because it's kind of hard to, to get to the gallbladder through the skin. Um, but you would get some kind of peripheral blood, whether it be subclavian or femoral blood, as well as heart blood, if it is available. This is just a like random science question, but what do you guys, what can you tell from the fluid in the eyes? Why do you take that? Um, a lot of times it's dealing with like glucose levels. So you're checking to see an autopsy, like the autopsy is checking to see how they passed away. Correct. Like how they died. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I'm like thinking like, you know, I know not everyone gets one. Cause some are like, you, you know, if you have a pre-existing or whatever, and then maybe some would be easier to tell if it's like a stab wound or a whatever. But yeah, I'm like trying to think like, okay, what is, what do you get an autopsy for? Like, does everyone, like when you said. Yeah. A lot of people, it's like, you're not under a doctor's care, or if you even are under a doctor's care, but your doctor doesn't feel comfortable signing your death certificate. 
they'll you'll get an autopsy so not everyone is like a trauma some people are natural it'll end up just being a natural death but you hadn't seen a doctor in a while or you had just started going to a doctor and they didn't feel comfortable being like hey yep it was for sure this but I've only been seeing this patient for a year this might have been a pre-existing condition they had prior to coming to me and I don't feel comfortable just signing out when you know it could be something else are you, are families doing this or is it just like the medical doctors? Oh, no, families, uh, doctors can, families can request the... autopsy. Sometimes if they don't meet our criteria, then you could go and get a private autopsy. But if it meets the criteria for potentially being a medical examiner case, they'll bring the case in. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, yeah, and because when you said like trying to find the blood and the heart, I'm thinking like, well, where's the blood? <laughs> like, where is that? If you're trying to find it, where is it at? Like, where does that go? <laughs> I mean, some people, it depends on when they pass, how long they pass, or they're just not, there is, there isn't, it's not, there isn't enough flowing to, uh, to get it for, or if there was <sighs> trauma to the heart, it's like, well, <laughs> There was there was already trauma. I've opened cases. The pericardium's open. Okay, more than likely there's heart trauma. So we're probably not going to get any heart blood from this case. Or they like bled out. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like or they like bled out on the scene. So it's like there's no there's nothing here. Or like people who um, commit suicide via like shooting themselves in the head. (laughs) There's not going to be heart blood. (laughs) There's just not. Yeah, because I'm like, well, where is it? Is it like, it's like they bleed? They bleed out, and it's like because you know the heart is a muscle; it's pumping. So once it either stops pumping or the blood pools and pours from somewhere else, it's not going to be there. So if you have a bullet wound in your head, you're bleeding out, and your heart stops pumping. It's not; it's circulated the blood out of your oh, system. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of times <laughs> when we do um, GSWs to the head, especially like in suicide, like they don't have any heart blood. <laughs> wow. I had no clue. I always thought that, like, you just have the blood. Like, it's just all there. No, sometimes it is not because, like, your heart is a pump, so it's sending the blood everywhere else. Really? (laughs) That's interesting. I would never think that just because I think I'm like, there's so much blood in your body. How can there not be any? But I guess if you bleed out, then, yeah, that makes sense. Or it'll pull in the cavity, which, I mean, you can use cavity blood, but you can't say it's heart blood for sure because it's in the cavity. You don't know where it came from. Is that like your body? Is your body the cavity? Yeah, well, like you have different cavities. So you have like a chest cavity and then you have an abdominal cavity. So everything above your diaphragm is in your chest cavity. Everything below your diaphragm is in your abdominal cavity. And can you not use that blood to figure it out? Honestly, we use whatever we can get. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> like this we, is so we, fascinating. You, yeah, we use what, whatever whatever you give us, we will use to to figure we will use to figure it out because I mean, you it's not always sometimes unfortunately like you get you might get somebody fresh off the scene. I don't like those cases because they're still warm and it freaks me out. But you can get a body that's fresh off the scene and they have all they have all of the serology fluids. Like this is perfect. You got heart blood, you got urine, you got bile, you got everything. But then you might get somebody who, you know, died in their house and they, they don't have anything. You'd be like, I, I, got a, I got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. So you, we take what we can get. <laughs> okay. Whatever you're willing to provide, Nikki, Whatever they'll take. Whatever you're willing to give us, we will take it. But, you know, it's like we have, we, uh, it's like, uh, like I can't, I do, like whatever you can get, that's fine. You don't have, you don't have to fill all the cups. Okay. Cut. <laughs> 
it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and like you've already peed and then they want you to they you know use the yeah, cup my, and you're like, like you want a urinalysis like I got three drops we will take it okay yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> okay good like I just went Perfect, to the bathroom that's before what I, was I got like... here oh, well well we will take whatever you can give us <laughs> okay good yes so it's just like that <laughs> Oh man, this is fun. Yeah, this is great. So then, so what's next? So now we've got all of our blood and samples. Now what are you going to do? Yeah, let me backtrack. So that's in the case of an inspect. So there are different kinds of cases. So an inspection is where is a, basically is like a non-invasive case. So we're not opening the body at all. We're just getting serology fluid. So that might be urine, blood, uh, vit, and that's it. But then we have what's called like a partial autopsy. So like I was saying earlier in like a, a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, we might we don't need to look at your heart. We don't need we know exactly how you died. So we might just open your head and look at your brain. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and so we might just open okay. your head and look at we might get we'll get all of the top toxicology um fluids, but then we'll just open the head and look at the brain. And sometimes we won't even do that if there's no if there is no projectile to retrieve, we might not even open your head. But if we're trying to retrieve a projectile, we are going to open the head and remove the brain to get to the projectile. Okay. And what's a projectile? A bullet. Okay. That's what I was thinking in my head, but I wasn't sure if that's the correct. I just pictured that in my, I'm like, okay, projectile. That could be like a bullet, a knife. I'm like trying to picture what that could or, be. Or, you know, I, yes. I had a case where there was, it was a hunting accident and they were bow hunting. So there was a, a cross, oh. there was a bow, there was an arrow sticking through someone's head. Okay. Oh, that's like Nikki's dream. Nikki is like Katniss in the desert. Yes. So you just spoke her language right there. I was going to ask you, I was going to say a bullet, a knife, and I was going to say bow and arrow, I've but had, I stopped no, myself, had, but I've literally removed, you just... Uh, I've had to remove all kinds of form by so knives, uh, uh, arrow, I had a case, which we'll probably talk about later on, but I, there was a live snake at, that almost <gasps> bit me it. at work. No. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about a live snake. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going to have to circle I, back because I'm dying. So I've seen all kinds of um, strange things inside of inside people yes um yeah yeah especially when you get into uh like auto erotic asphyxiation that like a potato peeler potato masher not the peeler the masher like the handle up someone's think about that yeah to the yeah because stress heart a lot of heart attacks that's usually in a auto erotic asphyxia what happens they 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 either asphyxiate or the stress causes a heart attack Okay, so no. yeah, so and then we also have what's called <laughs> a partial. Let's let me get back on task because I could tell you some stories. So, oh my, oh my god, god. I feel like I need a cocktail and a cigarette as we go down these stories. This is so yeah, fascinating. I'm, I'm, like I've been doing this almost ten years. I got some, I got some stories that I can tell. Oh my god. Oh jeez. Okay, so yeah, so like in a partial autopsy, usually we take a piece of liver. So instead of opening up the whole chest cavity, we literally just open up under the diaphragm to get to the liver. And so there you would take all of the fluids for toxicology as well as a piece of liver and do the brain removal. 
And then the full okay. autopsy is where you do the Y incision you see in movies and on television. That's a full evisceration. Yep. So you do the Y incision and you reflect the skin back. You reflect the skin up over the neck. You remove the chest plate. And in my office, we use uh, the Black & Decker hedge trimmers. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, we do. Oh, so how much of your, your tools are supplied by, like, Home Depot? Quite a bit. Quite a few that of them. unreal. <laughs> quite a few of them, actually. Now, is that because they work? Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, I like it better. I feel like you have more control using those as opposed to using, like, the striker saw. And also, if you're dealing okay. with someone who could potentially have, like, tuberculosis or meningitis, you're not aerating spores into the air. <laughs> you know? Which okay. you can do when you're sawing the um, when you're sawing the chest cavity. You're like, you know, it's like bone dust is flying everywhere. And if they have some like kind of communicable disease that you could potentially still be affected by, now it's in the air. <laughs> right, oh right. Well, and so I've tried to like cut like a a tree branch that was really tough. And let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you. I'm picturing. I developed some upper body strength. I don't look as strong as I am. I this is like I'm a very strong person since doing this job. <laughs> yeah, because you probably got to work at it. Yeah, it's gonna because it's not it's not gonna like snap easy. Yeah, it does take a lot of yeah. power, especially when you get up by the clavicle. Like the the rest of the ribs is aren't so bad, but once you get up by the clavicle, you have to put your almost put your full weight into getting getting the trauma yeah. so yes so yes yeah. you will build you will build up some okay. upper body strength if you do it and if you're doing it enough i, I, yes. I promise you that okay oh. i got i gotta bring you back for a second just because we're talking about how difficult some things are so my next thought is like when you're folding that skin up and over it oh. is the skin like super stretchy or is that like challenging to do that it depends on the person because, you know, some people have okay. more like fatty tissue. Some people have like are super muscular, like muscular people. You're like, oh, my, like you're trying to pull and like tuck and then you're getting a hand cramp because it's so it's tough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> trying, to, trying to pull it through. And then think about this, like, you know, they're in a lot of people are in full, right? Like full rigor mortis. And that's in the muscle. So if they have a lot of muscle tissue, they're like stiff as a board. <laughs> oh my then god <laughs> it's like breaking like breaking that's what i said you will build, develop some upper body strength because you have to break the riger especially in their arms like sometimes they'll come like with their arms crossed and you got to bend the arms out of your way so you can get to the chest plate it's the whole thing oh <laughs> do you ever feel like weird manipulating a body like that like yanking and like pulling on it now, not so much in the beginning, sometimes, especially like older people, like you, like, oh my God, I think yeah, I'm, I broke their bones. Like, you feel yeah. yeah. I would be saying sorry to the person the whole time. Yikes. And you hear the bones <sighs> crunching, you're like, oh, I think I broke, uh, I broke something. I'm, I'm like, they don't right? I would be going, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm like, they won't fix this at the funeral home. You don't, you don't worry about that because I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know my own strength. <laughs> yeah. See, but that that goes along with the sounds. The crunching would, I don't think I have the stomach for it. 
I don't. I don't think I have the stomach for as you're describing but you have that. Your music on, Nikki. You've got like you know. But I could feel the crunch along with hearing it. That would stress me out. You yeah. know, like when you hear it and feel it. And I don't know. Feel that little pop. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay, so now we've used <sighs> our hedge clippers from Home Depot, and we've okay. got the chest open. So now, now all of your organs are exposed. So what I like to do is first, I you know, I get all my talks. So I open, what else? I start with the bladder and see if there's urine. If there's urine, I get the urine, and I put it in the tox cup, and then I get the bile from the liver if they have a gallbladder. Some people don't have a gallbladder, so you don't have to worry about that. And then usually I go for femoral blood, which is in the, um, is it, it's by the femur. <laughs> so it's in your legs. So okay. usually I'll cut open the iliac, which is like right above the femoral artery in your leg. Like it, it's in, how do I best describe this? It's in your pelvis, like in that, in the crease. Okay where your legs attach to yep. your hip. Yeah, so in that crease, that's where the iliac and the femoral artery and all that stuff is. So I'll usually cut open the iliac and then I'll um, get femoral blood and then I will open the pericardium and uh, stick the needle in the top of the aorta and get heart blood if there's heart blood. I usually get vitreous last because a lot of times um, you're like congested, so it'll like drain better if you do it after. You've removed the block, mm. the body block and everything. So <clears throat> then next, what I like to do is the hardest part, which is removing the neck. Oh, <laughs> you still let us, me Nikki? just tell you. OK, I, my mouth is watering because I, I now I know I can never do your job because I, 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 I might need to put my head between my legs. <laughs> oh, no. My mouth is watering. <laughs> You're going to make her pass out. She's not even in there. <laughs> That's so funny because we literally have the opposite. I'm like salivating because I'm so curious and I'm loving it. And Nikki's going to pass out on us. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying the, I, 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 I love learning and I'm enjoying it. But when you're like, and then I get to the neck and I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm getting a little, <laughs> but you can go on. Cause I'll be fine. If I pass out, I'll come back. <laughs> so literally like your esophagus, your thyroid, your hyoid bone, your tongue, all of that is like one, one thing. And so in my office, some offices like hospitals, they'll do like organ by organ. And that's where they'll like remove each organ individually. My office, we do on block. So that's literally everything. That's literally your tongue to your colon all connected and everything in between all connected in one, in one piece. They all oh come my. out. Yep. Everything is, everything's attached to each other. So it all just comes out together. Instead of removing everything. I'm picturing like a chicken gizzard. I literally can't even picture that. (laughs) I'm picturing like a chicken gizzard, like, or a turkey gizzard. Do you know when you get that piece of the turkey? Yeah. And you're like, what do I do with that? That's what I'm picturing this is. That's good eating. No? You should cook it. Well, let's not boil this one, perhaps. Yeah, let's, no, let's not. (laughs) But yeah, so, okay, so how you do that is, um, so you want to move. I'm left-handed. But hold on one second. What is the purpose of this? Why are we taking it all out? Well, because they're going to dissect the organs and save pieces for stock as well as get some other things for tox. So we send liver, kidney, spleen, gastric to toxicology for them to test for like, 
drugs or anything else they need to test for. And why is like, I guess I'm assuming because you don't have a lot of it, but like, why is like a blood draw or a urine? Like, why is that not sufficient enough? Why do we have to take the organs as well? Basically because you, you're looking for also other things. So you might be looking for liver disease. You might be looking for kidney okay. disease. You might be, you're looking like it might be a, na- cause like, like I said, we do natural autopsies as well. Like you can be natural, undetermined. You could be, it could be a natural overdose. It could be, you could be stabbed or shot or, you know, in cases with kids, a lot of times it's just failure to thrive in like SIDS. Like we don't know. They just yeah. di- didn't yeah. survive. So we're like checking you know, all of your organ functions to make sure, to see what all the things that could have contributed to your death. We're looking at everything in that case. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Do you put it back? Um, the pieces that they don't say, cause we said they send some for like tox. Sometimes they'll save your brain and send it to our neuropathologist. Sometimes they'll save your heart and send it to the, um, CV path. So like the heart pathologist, but the pieces that they don't save or keep go back in a bag in your chest cavity. It gets stitched in and then you go to your funeral home or cremation. So it is like the turkey gizzards. It's like in a oh bag. Oh my. Yes. It's the, it it's, the, it's the human giblets, if you will. Great. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I need some water. <laughs> same room Nikki so I could see you squirming right now I'm like literally sweating (laughs) okay I'm ready I'm ready for the next part here we go so with the neck um you don't want to cut the you don't want to cut the common carotids because the embalmers need that to embalm so you want to I'm left-handed so I move I move I bring everything towards me um so I move left to right instead of right to left so what I'll do is I'll take the that part of the esophagus and I'll pull it towards me to the right so I'm not nicking the carotid and I want to free there's like fissure or connective tissue. So then I want to free that and then go to the other side and free that. Then what I do is you flip your blade and this you have to be very careful because you don't want to put a hole in someone's neck. We call it buttonholing because you don't want to be wearing a wool scarf in July at your funeral. Because <laughs> you got a hole in the middle of your neck. <laughs> they don't really like that. Okay. We don't like it. It happens, but you know, we try to avoid it as best we can. So then you want to do like okay. a half moon under the, the jaw to free the tongue, to free the fissure connecting the tongue. And then you want to take two fingers. I use my index and my middle finger and pull the tongue down into the chest cavity. The tongue literally comes down. Yes, through literally. The once you free that soft that uh, that connective tissue, you can stick your, basically almost like you're sticking your hand, fingers in someone's throat, and then you pull the throat yeah. down into the chest cavity. You're very good at the visuals. I mean, I just like like legit. I need to come to work with you. I need to see this firsthand. Yes, I'm a visual learner. Yeah, so just I'm, I'm gonna have to come and shadow you. Yeah. Descriptive. Yeah, I, I, I know you, you, you describe it so well. I'm picturing every, every step you're doing. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for yeah, the next. Yeah, so once I bring 
the tongue down into the chest cavity. There's still a little piece of connective tissue where the like hyoid bone and all of that is. So I severed that. And then I move on to the bladder. Um, with women, you're taking, you know, the vagina and the colon with men, it's the prostate and colon. Mm-hmm. So basically they're at the base of the pelvis. So I try to like, you, you want to put your, reach your hands up under and free the colon so that there's this like, how do I describe it? There's like a, there's like a pocket of space, like where your butt is, but anterior on the inside. So you want to lift that up and then sever that. So once that's severed, then I start working on the sides and freeing the soft tissue. So basically you're just going with this part, you're just going along the spinal column and the aorta. Cause you want to keep the aorta as intact okay. as possible. So then I'll just pull everything to the right, which would be like the liver, uh, the kidney, that lung is heavy. So sometimes you do it in sections because the organs are very heavy. And then you just want to free the soft tissue along that side, then go to the other side and free the soft tissue along that side. And then you basically just lift the block out and put it in a bucket and put it on the table. now what now what do we do so basically now you just wait um well the doctor is going to start dissecting the organs and they're going to start so you so you like move on to somebody else either that or i move on to the head so Mm. okay what are we doing to the head okay so on the head um i usually this is when i get my vitreous i get the vitreous right before i reflect the scalp so with the head, you want to prop the head up on a head block. Um, once you do that, I usually tilt the chin back just so I'll see how the head is going to lay in a casket, kind of. So I don't cut too high, cut too low when I'm reflecting the scalp. Okay. And so then you want to go ear to ear. So like I said, I go left to right. So I'm going to go behind the left ear all the way across to the right ear. And then I want to start pulling the back of your head over your forehead. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and again, this is, again, this is kind of stretchy, kind of not, depending yeah, on the it's, person. I mean, well, Ooh. there's like a lot of connective tissue. So like sometimes it's easier to pull. Sometimes it takes a minute. So you're just like freeing all the connective tissue and pulling. But no, like your, your scalp skin is very, it's tough because it's the one, it's okay. mostly exposed to the elements. Especially on like like bald men who are bald, their like their skin is like yeah. super tough. Or people who wear like braid, like I have locks, and so a lot of people with like locks or cornrows or that wear their hair like with a lot of tension applied to their hair constantly, their scalps yeah. are very yeah. tough. <laughs> like because okay. because of the tension, because of like the sun exposure and all of that. So your skin, you know, your skin's an organ; it's trying to protect you. So it might be thicker or thinner depending upon what kind of hair you have or, you know, how exposed to the elements it is. So some people it's easy. Some people it's not. It all depends. Okay. I do. I do people's hair and it's weird. Um, Well, I'm a hairstylist, but like some people's scalps are like, Oh God, it's going to freak me out now touching it. Uh, (laughs) But it's like some are softer and some are tougher. And now the ones that are going to be tougher. (laughs) And now the ones that are going to be tougher, I'm going to be thinking in my head, oh, my God, you're going to be tough on an autopsy. 
You're going to be like, oh, poor Jessica. She's going to have her work cut out with this one. <laughs> and so, so, once yes. you, so once you get the scalp reflected, you also want to re- reflect the little bit of scalp that's still on the um, back of the head down. Um, and then what you want to do is you have two muscles holding your skull in place. They're called the temporalis muscles. They're on the, they're at your temples, literally. And so you want to reflect those down because you're going to use, because so, they're going to use those to like reconstruct your face for your services. So you, you want them intact. So you don't, your head doesn't look wonky in your casket. Okay. And so, okay. So now you've reflected the scalp, you've ref- reflected the temporalis muscles. If there's injury, you let the doctor see it, see if they want to document anything. Um, if there's not, same thing in the cavity. So if like you see like free blood in the cavity is not necessarily, is not a good thing for the most part. So if you see free blood in the cavity, you want the doctor to look because they might want to see where the bleed is coming from prior to you removing the block. So then we get the striker saw. We um, saw the skull cat. Mm. <laughs> I'm preparing myself for this part. I'm getting my my heart's beating a little faster. Here we go. <laughs> you know, kind of like you know Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> One of the, yeah. the brains with the with uh, the fava beans and the nice Chianti. You pop that off, <laughs> and then you have what is called the dura mater, which is the connect, which is this like uh, connective tissue that holds your brain in place. So you have a cushion for like head injuries. So if you like fall or you bump your head or whatever your your brain isn't hitting your skull directly <laughs> it's hitting this uh this uh muscle in between to give you some protection okay they may want to look at the brain if the brain's negative meaning there's no uh hemorrhage or whatever so then you just remove the brain so what you do is you pull the top of the brain back and disconnect the ocular nerve so then you Go to the left side and free the brain from that piece of dura and then do the same with the right. And then you want to stick your scalpel blade as far down as you can and sever the brain stem. Once you do that, you scoop it up and you put it down until they're ready for it. Sometimes they're ready for it right away so you can put it in the scale. But most of the time I just lay it next to the person's head. And then you remove the dura. Mm. And then you go on to your next case. Okay, hold on. We need to we need to talk about the first time you like pulled somebody's brain out of their head. That has to be like extremely surreal. It's the brain is heavy. Okay, like how many pounds? Because I've I've heard that it's heavy, but like how heavy are we talking? Like I think an average brain is like fifteen hundred grams. Is it hard or squishy? It's squishy. Some are, okay. some are squishier than others. Like if someone's been in the hospital for a long time, their brain will have like edema and it'll be like mush. Okay. Here comes the this, the runny spit again. Saliva. Here we go. I'm ready for the next part. <laughs> okay. So now we've got our brain out. It's next to the person's head. Now what are we doing? Um, We're either moving on to our next case or if that was the last case, we're just waiting for them to finish so we can clean up. And what do you mean now, by do you clean put the, up? When you clean up, are you like putting the brain back in? Like, is everything going back in? The giblet bag goes in the chest cavity and then I stitch you up. Okay. You know, I don't, I mean, I don't do like a super tight stitch because they're going to undo it at the funeral home anyway. So it's like, why? So I just, because so they have to like embalm you and pack you and do all the things. So they're mm. going to unstitch you anyway. So they can like stitch you really tight so that you're sealed so when they embalm you the fluid doesn't go everywhere so i just tack mm. i just tack your clothes a little bit 
and I clean you off and I zip you up and then I clean the instruments and the workstation and then I put you away. Now, can the families be there during the autopsy or no? They cannot. I don't think they'd want to see that, Nikki. Uh, now the, the way that you describe it, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't watch that. Like if it was like a loved one, I don't think I could could watch that. Well, neither can now that now that I know the process. No, 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 no. I can maybe wait in the waiting room and then you tell me like what's up. But I yeah, I don't think I could be like sitting on a chair next to the <laughs> The window, no. the viewing oh. window. No. How, how long no, did no, that no. autopsy take that we just did from start to finish? Um, maybe. My part only takes me about 15 to 20 minutes. That whole really? thing took us 15 to 20 minutes? It doesn't take, the, it really doesn't take that long, honestly. <laughs> the only cases, really? the I'm only cases by that. that take me a considerable amount of time are when there's like, projectile retrievals or if I have to retrieve like a spinal cord or something like that but like doing a straight through case it might take me 15 minutes to remove a block what's the majority of cases that you see are they more natural or are they more like homicide suicides they are more drug and alcohol related oh which I guess really? would be considered natural because nine times out of ten, you're not dying from overdosing on the drug. You're dying from the overdose causing a natural event like a heart attack or. Yeah. What about like. Kids, because like if I was an autopsy oh. tech, I would want to be like hard. No, I don't work on kids because I just don't think I could do it like they're little tiny bodies. I just don't. That is me. I don't I don't like doing kids like I literally did my first in- infant autopsy like three weeks ago. So like you can kind of avoid it. Can like, can I literally say I'm not doing it? I only like had to, cause we were like short staffed and then I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it. I guess. Cause yeah, I just feel like they're just so little itty bitty. Yeah, I just wouldn't be able thing. to I was do like, it. They're so no. tiny. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to like def- deform or, no. you know, the body. I don't, I'm like, I don't no, like it. And they're just a, yeah, just a little peanut. Oh no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Okay. Do you ever get cases where you feel like, like affected by, you know what I mean? Like where you're like, oh, I like, like, can you like, do you go home and like not see that person's face? Like, yeah, honestly, it usually doesn't bother me. I, but I just, I know now not to watch like the CCTV because sometimes the cops will bring in like the video they have of like the case. And I watched the the one CCTV video I watched. It was like playing on a loop in my head. And I was like, okay, I'm never doing that again. Because now is that like because you saw how the person died? Yeah, what is that? And it was is just that like, like he was just okay. like, like I was like minding his own. It was just cr- like I know it w- it made like national news. The guy that went on like the rampage and he went to like the table. Um, he worked at a place where they like made like tabletops and stuff, and he like shot up a bunch of his employees, and then he went to Delaware to a car dealership and shot somebody, and it was it was insane. And so like they have on video the guys him like luring them into the middle of the room and started firing. And the guy I worked on was just like had his headphones on and his hat pulled down, minding his business. He walked up and ch- I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, I was God, like, okay. Yeah. Never watching CCTV again because I now I'm just that's all I see. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then now the next question I have to ask you because I did read this book um about a pathologist in New York City, which 
I'll link the book in the show notes because it is a really good read. Um, But one of the cases that they had talked about doing an autopsy for was this like gentleman that had passed in his New York apartment and wasn't found for like several weeks. And so when he got to the morgue, he was like infested with maggots. What has been your experience with bugs? And is that something you see a lot? Yes, I see them a lot all the time. I don't like it. What kind of bugs? Is are we? Is it just flies and like maggots? Spiders, maggots, flies, beetles, dragonflies, be all the all of them. And then are they just like on the outside of the body, or do no, they like crawl into inside. the crevices? Because maggots, they like eat soft tissue, so they burrow their way in. So they'll be inside. They're inside. So like you open the body, and they're like in there. Yes. There's no, there's no way to like wash them away because they're like inside and outside and they'll, you'll think you cleaned up and then you'll turn around and they'll they'll be covered again and you're just like, okay, all right. (laughs) Like, why? That, I think that might make me puke. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think a body covered in maggots would make me puke. I have never thrown up at work, thank God. But I have dry heat to the point where I was like, I got to walk away for a moment because I can't do this. Oh my god. And what gosh. about the smell? Do you put something under your nose for the smell? Because I have to imagine the smells that you are smelling are like not only the dead body, but then you're like opening up the cavity. So then there's all these mm. gases and all of these things just like coming out. Me personally, I just tend not to breathe through my nose when I'm at work. <laughs> but um what? I mean I wear a mask sometimes when I'm in isolation and it's really bad, I'll wear my respirator because it is it's that bad. Okay. Um, but no. Actually, if you put something under your nose, it's going to open them up more. You're going to smell everything more. You are the other person that said that. Somebody else we talked to, Nikki, I can't remember, but that's giving me deja vu. It's funny because it's a Amy show. It's just like, uh, now you smell everything. It just makes it worse. Now yeah. it's worse. Okay. Good to know. Honestly, on the main floor, you really just smell like blood. And then sometimes if you might like nick the bowel, you'll smell fecal matter but so it's not that bad now when you're in isolation it just it's awful the smell is just it's just awful and why why what's an isolation like that's the like decomposed the decomposed bodies uh, are yeah so the so that's where you're gonna deal with your maggots and uh your strange creatures and, and people who've been like in creek water for like a week or um somebody like the water because isn't their skin like Slipping off and like. Yeah. And so you get mummies back there. That's what you do with like mummies and um, just all kinds, all kinds of things. <laughs> well, I'm going to need you to come back to the snake story because yeah. there's no way we're not going to circle back to that. Okay. So funny enough, this case wasn't done in isolation. It was done on the main floor, but this is funny. So this day I was like super late to work. I don't remember what happened, but I was like really late. So I get to work and I'm like, okay, what cases do I have? And they're like, my coworkers are like, you got this case. And I was like, and everybody's like kind of snickering to themselves. And I'm like, why are they snickering to themselves? What's what's the big deal or whatever? So I walk in this room, I walk in the room and there's like, you know, those like metal rescue baskets. Like if someone's like on a cliff or in water or there's this just, uh, there's the, the tray table where we usually put the body there's a body bag and then there's this the basket and I'm like well what is this because it doesn't look like a person it looks like a tree <laughs> it looks it just looks like a tree and I'm like why is there a tree here like are y'all is this a joke like y'all playing like what's going on 
And so, no, um, come to find out there's a man who, he was in like Pennsylvania or somewhere and he got caught in a storm and instead of like going indoors or whatever, he like wrapped himself around the tree, I guess, to wait out the storm. I don't know. So the tree uproots and comes downstream and ends up here and a man was foraging on his property for mushrooms and he finds this, what he thought was a tree, but it's a person wrapped around the tree. But they're like caked in mud, they're saponified, which is like where your like fatty tissue turns to like a soapy wax like substance. So they don't look like a person anymore. So, but it's in like this shallow creek. So they x-rayed it or whatever. So um, I'm working with the doctor and we have a fellowship program to train medical examiners. So I'm working with the fellow and he's like documenting and I'm just standing there waiting. So I had my back turned to the body and he's like talking and he's like talking this real monotone voice and he's like snake. And he was from, where was he from? He was from Pakistan and he was like snake. And I was just like, huh? And he's like snake. And I was like, wait. I know I'm, I'm thinking about I'm like I know I don't hear him saying snake like what is he talking like no what what huh snake I turn around and there's literally like a tongue going like darting like in an aggressive manner at me and I'm just like so I ran from one side of the room to the other side of the room <laughs> because I'm like I'm not coming back over there until y'all figure out what the hell is going on with this snake <laughs> like I'm not doing it mind oh. you my we god al- we also have a tour group that just watched me run across the room and i'm like i don't care i'm not coming back over there <laughs> until y'all figure out what's going on with this snake <laughs> i'm not doing it <laughs> no no oh, that's a hard my... pass thank you no like i'm not doing so they pull so they finally they get the snake out and it's literally like a 12 inch like it looks like a baby but it's like a 12 inch brown snake Ugh. and i was like is it poisonous is it okay like what is, is it yeah. a garbage snake what is it i don't okay all right <laughs> i didn't sign up for that oh this did yeah, someone no. take the snake yeah someone, someone took get the it? snake home because they had a pond in their yard and they took the snake home i don't know no. i have pictures of the snake <laughs> like <laughs> pictures of the snake I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that is not that is not a hazard on the job that I would think I would need to be looking out for. That is insane. And then, so all after all that excitement, it's like, well, how do I autopsy this tree? <laughs> yeah, what? I would not. I'd be like, I'm not touching that. Thank you, somebody else. So we figured it out. We did the case. You know, it was just. But yes, I almost got attacked by a live snake. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We go look at the x-ray of the body and it's like it was there the whole time. We just thought it was a shadow. We like no, like you can see the full length of the snake on the x-ray. Oh my gosh. No Yeah, that would be that's a no for me. Basically your whole job would be a no for me. I mean you do a great job and I'm glad there you can do it. I could never, I get why some people pass out and their first day on the job and they got to go. No, I couldn't, I couldn't do any of it. Just talking about it. And the visual is, is but just think of the stories, Nikki. I mean, come on. I got enough stories in the hair salon to like make me feel good. I couldn't do you're not finding potato mashers in people's oh. body. Uh, that kills me. I, d- I mean, really, though, like what? Okay, two questions. 
one, what is the weirdest object you've removed from somebody? And two, what is like the weirdest way that somebody has died? I think the potato, the potato masher wasn't even my case, but I think that's the weirdest thing that yeah. I've ever. That had to be. I mean, that is an odd object. I was just like, what? Is that, is that what killed him? He, I, he, I think he died from, I think he died from a heart attack, honestly, if I, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, it was, because it was literally mac like they did an x-ray and you, like literally it was the whole handle, like to the masher up his rectum. Oh my. Uh, yeah, I was just, okay. I just don't know what on what planet that that seems enjoyable. Truly, like I don't know. I'm like strangest way someone's died. I'm trying to think. Oh, oh my god! And how embarrassing! Like that's what I said. I'm you like, know, if there is an afterlife, and you're like sitting up there watching everyone look at you with this thing shoved up your ass, you've got to be dying <laughs> again. <laughs> recently somebody got like they were like breeding snakes and they got like bit by 200 snakes <laughs> or they what? Had, like no they're like breeding snakes in their house and then two of them attacked him oh like poisonous ones obviously like i I'm think assuming. they were like cobras or two cobras bit him but he had like 200 snakes in his house it was what no. oh my god no i mean that's like i would assume bound to happen at some point at least to get bit by one but like like it would be like people that breed tigers or something like yeah eventually that tiger is not gonna be like it's gonna get you why would people do that oh god especially in your house and not like in a facility for snakes i don't know (laughs) oh my god Random question. Have you seen anybody whose cat has actually like eaten? Them? Oh, yeah. Because you know how that's like, like that a all thing. Time. Matter of fact, we just had a case like that where the German Shepherd and their cat uh, like ate their face. No. Oh, my God. Like uh-huh. after they've died, maybe of natural causes and then yeah, they were like hungry? they were dead at home. Nikki, for a have while, you heard of that? Then... Like it's like a thing where they say, like, yeah, don't have cats because they eat you. Well, dogs too, but they'll wait a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God. Like basically any animal, what? they get hungry enough, they're gonna eat you. <laughs> no, oh my god, I never even thought that was possible. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, you're like that's you're a just, thing. You're just flesh and bones, so they don't. After a while, they don't care. They're just hungry. <laughs> like, like someone comes to oh me. My... Anyone? Isn't that sad, Nikki? This little sweet little animal you cared about is just gonna eat your face. Savage. At some point. No, I feel well. We don't have a dog currently. But I feel like when I do, I don't know if they would do it to me. Well, no, that's what I said. It's just wishful this thinking. I hope someone had, finds it me. Was a, they had a German Shepherd and they had a cat. And they both went to town on him because he had been dead a couple of days. Oh. Oh, my oh but that's just going to also make you so sad because it's like. Nobody checked That's on like them. my greatest fear, to be honest, is like nobody's going to find me dead in my house for like days. Like that is just so sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awful. Oy. I don't really want to wrap this interview up. I have to say, Jessica, I could really just talk. I could your talk ear to you off. forever, really. Like this could just keep going, but I, I will not do that to you. So we just do um, some kind of like fun, silly questions at the end. Nikki, let's ask her some of our fun questions. Okay, what are your hobbies besides this? I like to 
play with my hedgehog, which I hope he doesn't eat my face one day. <laughs> oh my! I have a hedgehog. I do. That's so oh. fun. <laughs> What's his name? His name is Sir Padfoot Black the Third, after Sirius Black from Harry Potter. Oh I my love god! It. I was just telling my kids that I wanted to get a black lab and we could call it Sirius Black. Because <laughs> I love Harry Potter. Okay, Mariah, you got one? Yeah, I mean, I feel starstruck. I'm just like loving you more and more, Jessica. You're like Harry I know. Potter, you're into dead people. You're my kind of people. Um, okay, I guess this is what I would ask you because I feel like your job is one of those jobs that definitely invites curiosity. So what profession would you tell people you do if you don't want to spend all night talking about your job? Funny enough, I like talking about my job. So I don't mind. <laughs> I like I like the question. <laughs> I like the question. I'm like, yes, sure. I love it. <laughs> like, sure. What do you want? What I do you want to know? Especially I, because, yeah, I could see that. Especially because I also enjoy the, you know, the NCIS, the CSI. I like, I like the shows for what they are. You know, a lot of people assume that that is what it is in reality. And I have to be like, no, it's not. What do you think is like the thing that they, they get wrong the most? Because that is something we didn't ask you, but that's the, true. The, like, the, you know, in an hour or in 30 minutes, they have test results. It takes us eight to 12 weeks to get you results back sometimes. So, and when you tell families that they're okay. like, they're like, what? I'm like, yes, eight to 12 weeks, probably maybe longer, maybe shorter, but eight to 12 is the standard. But TV, yeah. Not a quick little 30-minute panel. No. <laughs> what do you wear to work? Um, I I mean, I wear street clothes to work, but then I wear, like, scrubs at work. And then okay. I put paper okay. scrubs. So you're not doing, like, your white lab coat? Oh, yeah, I wear white lab like, coat. like, your high heels on. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, okay. that part, I'm like, why okay. would you have on heels? There's blood and other fluids. Like that you just yeah. don't want on your nice shoes. I'm just right. It's like yeah, I won't even sense. buy those like Dansko uh, clogs because they're over a hundred. I'm like, do what? Who's paying? Why would I pay over a hundred dollars to possibly have blood and other things on my shoes? I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I was like, those are cute, but no. <laughs> uh, this is something we always ask everybody: is what would be the song that you think would be the perfect theme song for your job? The song that would be the perfect theme song for my job. Hmm. Nikki, I can always count on you for a song. What do you visualize <laughs> when you see her I'm like job? Trying to th I know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. For some oh reason, goodness. I was thinking of the Thriller Michael Jackson song, but I don't know why. Just because there was zombies moving. There's zombies and they're moving. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good I can point. See that. I mean, I yeah. could see it. That's like the first thing that like popped up in my head, but. I mean, I mean, I feel a better like one that, out there. or I feel like I would pick like, what's that song that I feel happy song? Just because I feel like it's such a downer environment that you need something like peppy. Funny enough, okay. it's not. <laughs> like that's what people think. I'm like, it is not somber <laughs> there at all. <laughs> like, I mean, there are some cases. There are some cases that like get to you, but for the most part, it's like, you know, I mean, it was, it's like any other career. We just happen to uh, deal with the dead. Yeah. Like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. How do you do your job? <laughs> I just don't feel like it can 
pears, though, Jessica. She cuts hair. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm like, same. I may not be a hairstylist, but I've been in the hair salons most of my life. I've seen some things, so I know. Right? I, I know it. <laughs> I've seen some horror stories. Uh, walk through the door yeah. and, and leave out the door. So I, I know she has seen some yeah. seen some things. She has had to fix some things because you know everybody wants mm-hmm. to be a kitchen beautician every now and again. You're like, oh no, you shouldn't. Yeah, you, you should put the bleach down. You should. Yeah. <laughs> and you 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 hear it and you see it. You see you hear a lot of stories about lives and just a lot of stuff. <laughs> Good and bad. Yep. But it's still fun. But yours is yours is definitely a lot different. I don't think I could do it. I mean, ugh. yeah, I can't. And now I know I can't just because I was ready to pass out just from the description and I'm not even seeing it physically. I thought I could always look at the pictures. I was telling Mariah that that I'm like, maybe I could be the picture looking at the pictures of the autopsies, but now I think it's confirmed. I can't do that either. No. I'll, I could read the report. <laughs> Some of those reports are descriptive. I like to, it's not more descriptive than I am. <laughs> right? I know. Well, maybe I can't read that either. I'll just get the cliff notes. Oh, geez. That's funny. I have a, I have a, que- a question that I always like to ask people, too, is um, what is something that you hoard? Oh, goodness. Uh, pens. I like pens. <laughs> okay. A lot of people are pen hoarders. I, I don't know if it comes from working in food service and you know you can get that one good pen and then it goes missing and you're just like, yes. you're, you're crushed. <laughs> like, like, who took my, like, yes. I, like, I need my pen back. Please make sure I get, like, wait, I wasn't even going to walk off with the yes. pen. No, but I need to make sure I get, it's a nice gel pen. It glides. I need it. I need it back. Like, <laughs> That's funny. A lot of people are pen people. I mean, I like, I have certain pens, but in a pinch, I'll use a crappy pen. But, you know, I do like my, my, the pens that are my faves. Funny enough, I just right, realized we didn't, even, we didn't even talk about uh, removing the testes. <laughs> uh, we have time. Go for it. So, <laughs> so basically, in a homicide, with men, we have to remove the testicles because they may have been assaulted and they want to check or they might have gotten shot in the in the test in the testicles. I've I've seen quite a few of those shot right in the front. Really? Day. Yes, I've seen quite a few people shot in uh, the penis and the testes. Oh my God. And so- now could that kill someone? I, I don't know. Don't I don't want to I don't want to say yay or nay. I don't I don't know. Um, but I, I've seen it. I have seen it. If you talk to a guy, they're probably like, yes, it can kill someone. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know it probably hurt real bad, but I don't know if it'll kill them. <laughs> but I have, yes, I have seen it. Or like, I remember I had one case no, what, and, and it was like crushed and I couldn't remove it. And I was like, um, I was like, doc, it's, it, it's crushed. I can't. She was like, don't worry about it. I was like, okay. <laughs> now, why would it be crushed? Cause someone kicked them. I believe I believe that's what happened. I believe they got like kicked, and oh. so it was like crushed. Like <laughs> because there are two um, inside the scrotal sac, there are two pockets, one for the left, one for the right, and so it was like it was like adherent. Like I couldn't even get. I was like I can't. I was like I can't get it out. 
Now, what would be, and this might be a weird question, but like, how big is a ball? <laughs> They're not. Like, I, mean, the t- the t- I mean, I will say it depends. Like older guys, a lot of times they have like fluid on them. So they'll be like, they'll be like quite large. But an average one is probably like the size of like, I want to say like a, like a big walnut. Okay. That's pretty huge. Okay. <laughs> Okay. To me, I feel like that's a big ball. Each each it, ball, yeah. Each testicle, right? Each 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 sack, right? Each te- yeah, each testicle is like the probably the size of like a walnut. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I, this yeah, is like was... another question, though. In that vein, though, like because I feel like again, it goes with people who are like waxers. I could never do it, but like, how do you? Not you're obviously not prepared to die. So not everyone's like well groomed and like mm. manscaped. I feel like that's gotta be like something that would be like, ugh. Yeah. Does it not bother you? I you mean, at, at this point it doesn't bother me. I mean, some people like when I see like some people who are like completely like shaved, I'm like, what? <laughs> like what? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like more so more so like guys than like women. It's like you find a lot of guys these days are like fully shaped and it's like what <laughs> okay you're just keeping it smooth <laughs> i guess like like this is in- this is interesting <laughs> is there a sound that you associate with your job like every time you hear it you're like oh my god i feel like i'm at work <laughs> um <laughs> let me think yeah like like road work <laughs> Oh no! Like the, the sawing and the jackhammering, like road work. Yes, road yeah. work. Oh no! <laughs> or it's just bad, like like burnt, burnt, burnt flesh and like charred flesh. It smells like barbecue, and so really, yeah. Well, that answers the next question as to is there a smell you associate with your job? Yes, like bar- like when I say like char grilled, like. Oh, big smoker, like smoky barbecue. <laughs> yeah. It oh, smells oh like it, it's that's what that's what supercharged people smell like. Well, I guess I just, at least it's not terrible smelling. No, but it's just like, like, like the first time I was like, this is I was like, but I remember the first time I smelled like a charred person and I was like, this smells like barbecue. Yeah. I was like, oh. I was like, is this okay that I feel this way? Somebody? They're like, no, it's, that's what it smells like to all of us. I'm like, okay, so are we all weird or like, no, because I'm like. Right? Are we a special breed of people? I That, that reminds me of that movie, um, Fried Green Tomatoes, when they're barbecuing yeah. the. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm picturing. And I love barbecue, so now I'm never going to be eating Lucille's and picturing it the same way. Uh but see i just feel like the mental images of that had to have like did it not like fuck with your head when you first started your job like i feel like every time i would go to sleep i would see like a charred person or a decomped body like did it eventually wear off was it kind of like shocking in the beginning and then you just kind of got used to it i could i could i've always been able to like compartmentalize and disassociate like even when i had yeah dreams about work it was always like my coworkers, and we weren't like doing autopsies we'd be like in the hallway talking or in the yeah. office talk like I never 
like had dreams about work, like actual like work. <laughs> what about like, do you ever like get a case like kind of like Nikki said, where like you're just like, God, I wonder what happened to that person. Like, I really wonder what took them out. Like, do you ever have ones that just stick with you that you just have to like follow up on? I'm or do you really-, really just keep it separate and just do it and go home? I keep it separate for the most part. Like, you know, I mean, you can look at somebody who like, we'll get people that'll come in like neon yellow. It's like, okay, clearly they're jaundiced. Clearly they have liver disease of some sort and you'll open them up and their liver will be fatty. And you're just like, yep, that's what it, or they'll be full of fluid. And you're like, yep, that's what, (laughs) that's what it was. Or like, you know, obviously I, you, you got hit by a train. I can tell you got hit by a train. (laughs) I remember I had a case where the guy got hit by a train. He was unknown, like unknown gender, unknown who this was or whatever. And I'm like, and I just get this pile. It's like a pile of clothes and a pile of like tissue. And it's like, okay. And I'm like, it's a boy. And the doc, like, how do you know? I was like, I found a testicle. (laughs) Oh my, oh my god. I was like, at least that much is solved here. Because <laughs> it's about like yeah, it's you contributed. Guy, at least yeah. we know that. Like, how do you know? I was like, yeah. I found I found a testicle um in this pile that I had to sort through and try to organize. Oh my Oh my god. Okay, oh but where does god. this put you like serious question? Where does this put you in like terms of like your own death? Do you feel like more afraid or do you feel like okay with it? Like being around it all the time is it something that you think about yourself I mean I'm not afraid of death I just like I told somebody I was like I just want to wake up dead I just want to go to sleep and then wake up and not be alive anymore I don't I don't want to feel any pain I don't want to I just want to wake up dead like wait oh you died last night oh for real I I want somebody to tell me I don't want (laughs) to I don't want to suffer that's that's it I'm like I'm not afraid to die but I don't want to suffer and I want to be found immediately. But what about, but what about knowing that your body's going to have, like somebody else is going to come in and like do an autopsy to you. Like that doesn't like make you. Like, I'm hoping I'm going to be so it old. Just, it, I won't need one. It won't matter. It won't, right? You won't need one. Okay. I won't need one. But if I do need one, I definitely don't want it to be any of my coworkers because those people. Right. There you go. That's my only. I'm like. It can't be anybody like, that knows young, me. I want to be in another state. I was like, I'm going to be young. I want to be in another state. But I would like to be so old, I don't need one. <laughs> and I just don't want to suffer. I just want to wake up and not be alive. I don't want, I don't want to suffer. I want to be found immediately and I don't want to Anna. suffer. Those are the only... <laughs> those are my only those stipulations. Are those are fair. <laughs> those are my only stipulations. I like those. Find me. I'm like, don't let me decompose. I don't know I'm like, don't let me decompose. Find me immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right, Nikki, round her out with one last one. Just a stupid one. Um, do you prefer Pepsi or Coke? Um, when I was drinking dark sodas, I was a Pepsi girl. Oh, you don't drink dark sodas? Too much caffeine. I stopped drinking sodas, I too. I just drink my caffeine in, in uh, my coffee. <laughs> okay, but you liked Pep. You said what, Pepsi or Coke? I was a Pepsi girl when I drank dark sodas. Mm, okay. Which is funny because my mom's a co- there you is, come. to this day, is a coke fanatic and i'm like i don't know how this stuff is strong (laughs) (laughs) that's and i feel the same way about pepsi i'm like i'll do pepsi in a pinch but i don't really drink soda that much anymore but when i did it was definitely 
a Coke. Because Pepsi, I'm like, if they have it, okay. But I'm more of like your mom. I need a Coke. <laughs> what would your last meal be? My last meal would be home cooking from my mom. So it would be fried chicken, her macaroni, her baked macaroni and cheese, and collard greens. I love are you that. Gonna, are you going to have a Pepsi with that or what are we going to drink? With what that? are we going to drink? We're going to have a glass of Stella Rosa Black. Ooh, I love Stella Rosa. <laughs> yeah, like that's, yes. Oh, God. That's a good last meal. That's great. I feel complete with my meal. Got a nice glass of wine, good home cooked yeah. meal. I feel good. No dessert? Oh, dessert? Uh, no. Pecan pie. With some, okay. with some uh, homemade or from somewhere. Mm, it could be homemade. It could be either or. I'm not. I'm not picky with my pecan pie. I just just make sure there's a nice okay. custard to crust ratio. With some uh, okay. butter pecan ice cream on top. Ooh. Okay. I mean that's a great okay. meal. I feel that satisfied is. with that. That is Jessica. You were so delightful. And so much fun. And I am not joking. I would love to come and watch you work because I'm fascinated by what you do. And thank you for doing it. And thank you for talking to us. Of course. Thank you all for having me. Yes. Of course. So that's a hard no for you on that occupation? Not even in that realm. You don't want to see a brain? You don't like want to hold a brain in your hand? Mm, No. Yeah, I do. So bad, I do. I mean, I don't want to deal with the like, scooping and like soupy brain I couldn't do any of it I'm not peeling anything back I'm not black and decker like sawing things and snapping no never I I don't think I could even cut a twig off my tree now without thinking about (laughs) it's big no for me she's got some story she's a party hit like that's your party entertainment and it's so like methodical for her it's just like and then we do this and then we do this and no big deal I just like Pull, pull your tongue through your throat, like down into your stomach. No biggie. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. She can peel you back and bag up your organs. You know what I was thinking about the potato masher thing? Why didn't your partner remove that? Just be courteous and remove Maybe that. Maybe he was alone. Because sometimes they do that shit alone. <sighs> okay. You know? They're like getting their erotic fix solo. Because you would think if there was a partner, they like legit wouldn't send you off with a thing in your ass. I mean, come on. I hope you love me enough to like, like a hamster cover up. Yeah. So like remember I have to feel like he was alone. I mean, cause if someone's sending you off with that potato masher, that sucks. That's a bit, that's I mean, a bad I would day. Be coming back to haunt the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to let me roll out of my apartment with a masher? Oh, yeah, I mean, I bet she's seen a lot of things. I mean, I kept thinking about all the different Grey's Anatomy episodes. I don't know if you're a big Grey's Anatomy person. No. But, Mm-mm. Oh, God, the things that they've shown on that show that people have, like, had in their body during sexual encounters. What? I can only imagine the things that she has seen. <laughs> I will never understand how that is, like. But who am I to judge? Do whatever you want. But I just, for me personally, that doesn't, that's not going to get me there. What a crazy job. 
I couldn't do That's it. That's a job worth like blogging about. I'm telling you. Mm. The stories alone are just insane. Yeah. I really was getting queasy. I'm not kidding. Like my ears started ringing. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh God, I would have died if you passed out. No, I had, to, I like literally had to, I was like contemplating, should I get up and go get some water? I mean, my saliva was getting really runny. And then like, my stomach was getting turned. And then when she was talking about the why and the, the clavicle and then the skin peeling, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was taking a turn, but then I had to like bring myself back. See, like this is where I am always more concerned of like, that's going to be me someday being wheeled out of a fucking fridge, thrown on some table and they're going to be blasting their music and like going to town and putting my organs in a giblet little bag. That's why I wish that I go out like her old and just nine natural causes, baby. Yeah. Nine -nine. natural causes. Yeah, like I don't want to have an autopsy. No. And then think of those sweet little baby angel babies and children. Like I just, I couldn't do it, Nikki. That would be, that would be a hard stop for me. There's no way. Like I said, it's just like every job of these, I can only do 85 and above. Yeah, I want to stick 85 and above and a partial. I'll do partials. A partial. I'll just collect some samples. (sighs) Well, we'll see if next week could top. This one. I don't, I mean, I feel like we've peaked. That's it. I don't think we have though. I think every job has an element of this where you're like, what? I am here for it. I mean, I really wanted a cocktail. I wasn't kidding. I felt like, ooh, this is like heavy. I'm gonna, I need a little bourbon. And I mean, I haven't smoked a cigarette since I was like 19 years old, but I really could have used one of oh. those too. So we'll see what happens next week. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We do encourage you to follow us at Instagram at Body to Burial. Hit us up on Twitter at Body to Burial. And you guessed it, you can send us an email to hello at bodytoburial.com. If you have any guest suggestions, just let us know. Please hit the subscribe button or follow button on whatever app you are listening to. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. <laughs>